Come on, cool stuff is happening in our community, at our church. Any of you guys excited for this year? Yeah? Anybody set any New, Year res- New Year's resolutions? If you set one, raise your hand. Now put them down. <laughs> we should be setting lifestyle goals, right? I think that's what we really mean, and, and sometimes it doesn't always turn out that way. Um, they become January resolutions. February is a different story. (laughs) Um, So we're doing this series called Life on Purpose. If you guys don't know, my name is Travis. I am the community pastor here. If I am overly friendly and you wonder why, it's because I actually like you. And I want to get to know you and I want you to get connected in our church. So uh, we're going to continue our series Life on Purpose. How many of you guys want to live life on purpose? We don't want to just throw things at the wall and see what sticks, although sometimes that works, (laughs) right? Um, But I want to talk to you guys about dreams and desires this morning. How many of you guys have dreams? How many of you guys have desires of your heart? Yeah? How many of you guys had different dreams as a child than you do right now? Huh? Yeah? Anybody here wanted to be president of the United States of America when you were a kid? Come on, Lee. There we go. Anybody, uh, any guys wanted to be a professional athlete, NBA, NFL, baseball? You still do, right? I was like, I'm going to be on the New York Knicks. Nobody is stopping me. Height said something else. So. Um, but I will still break some ankles. I mean, if you guys want to take it after church, I can put them on my real shoes. Right, Phil, Phil knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> I just gave it all in the offering, man. <laughs> so I had this dream as a kid to make it really big in music. And I don't know about you guys, but I grew up uh, on the East Coast in New York and hip hop. I grew up on Biggie, Nas, Jay-Z, Mob Deep. Um, I'm gonna, I don't know if anybody, if you guys know who Smith & Wesson is. But if you know who they are, then we can be friends. Um, so that was my thing. And I was like, I started making beats at a young age. And this is when we had, you know, two tape decks, right? And we would beatbox on one tape and then we would play it and record on another tape. And then we'd lay a bass line down and put it on another tape, right? And then we'd... Then we'd wrap up, right? We would just keep looping, the, and that was how we made beats. And then, and then this program came out with loops in it and, like, blew my mind. That was when it all started, right? And, and I just started making beats and hours and hours getting really, really good at, at doing this, okay? I had a studio in my basement. I built a booth out of, like, plywood. You remember this? <laughs> She's like, Yep. And uh, it got to a place where I was really involved in the hip-hop community in New York City and, and distributing mixtapes, and I had such a desire to make it that I would make my own music and put it on tapes with other, like, hot, like, what was the hottest music out right now? This is when, if you guys know who 50 Cent is, this is when 50 Cent first came on the scene, and he was battling everybody, right? And I would throw my music in with these different songs so that people would hear them. It's a good strategy, right? 
Yeah, till one day, um, I, was, I was in Harlem, I was on Lenox Avenue, and, and these cops pulled up behind me and I had 3,000 CDs in the back of my trunk. And if you guys don't know, that's called pirating. Um, well, it's a misdemeanor, but it could have been, yeah. So I was in the tombs of New York City. If you guys don't know, when you get arrested, you go to the tombs. And if you get convicted, then you go to Rikers Island. And you do not want to do that. I'm a little too cute. Huh? <laughs> so it was at that moment, Kimberly had just had Trent, our oldest. Is Trent in the building? He left already. Jeez. He's on lights, too. Who's going to do that? <laughs> um, so Trent had just been born, and I was like, that's it. I'm done with music. And it was a hard thing to kind of like go through. I'm starting a family, and I was you know, trying to figure out how I'm going to support. I was very entrepreneurial and started doing graphic design and all these different things. And I went a different direction, which led us here to Las Vegas where I pursued you know, promotions in the nightlife industry and got darker and deeper and into more mess, <laughs> right? And I remember in 2009, when Kimberly gave her life to the Lord first and I was soon after, and, and I remember th this moment of like salvation where all of a sudden, all these desires that I had laid down before came back where it was like this thing of music, this desire and this dream to make it big in music, all of a sudden it was like these songs started happening, this desire to create and write the story and the testimonies of my heart came back. And it, it reminds me of a guy in the Bible named Abraham. Now Abraham was given a promise that he would have a son who would fill the earth, right? That all the nations would be blessed through this, this child of promise. And the child of promise was nowhere to be found. They're like, look, his wife was barren, couldn't have children. She's like, look, I don't know what's going on. I want to give you this child of promise, but I can't. Why don't you just take my servant? Okay, so, so Sarai gives Abraham Hagar. And out of that self-made dream trying to like pursue this, this promise of God and trying to self-produce it, who was born? Ishmael. And through the line of Ishmael, we see that like now a, a large number of people on the earth coming from this line who are in de direct offense with what we believe come from this line. And it's really important to see that like I was doing the same thing. I was trying to self-produce this dream and this desire and this promise that I felt like, like it was for my life, right? I, I had cultivated so much of my time into this thing and, and obsessed over it. And I, all I did was produce an Ishmael. And then, and then he, he comes into my heart and starts to just move. And he says, look, I'm going to, a year from now, right? This is what he tells Abraham. A year from now, you surely will have this son of promise. And Sarah laughs, right? She's like, I'm 90 years old. <laughs> and sometimes it's like, man, 
all this time has gone by. Like you promised, you said it, and I believed you. And you don't lie, but you said it, okay. Okay, right? So then they have this child. What is his name? Isaac, right? They have this child of promise, and, and it comes true. He said it, and it came to pass. And then what, God, what does God say to him? Does anybody know? He says, sacrifice it. Now I want you to give me back this child as a burnt offering. Right? And the th crazy thing about it, in my life, I got saved, and all of a sudden this music, and like people started like getting behind it, and all of a sudden my promise, my dream was actually coming true. It was like uh, the CDs, and people were listening and requesting, and I used to just give away thousands and thousands of CDs, and the money I needed to give away CDs was provided, and then some. We went cross-country in 2012 doing music and ministry, and it was like we never had a want. Our rent was paid, and we came back with more than enough. In fact, we had so much offer, so many offerings, and so many people sewed into our ministry that we started giving on the road. Like we couldn't, like, like we would get money, and we just give to other ministries, and like it was crazy. But then sometimes, I feel like God wants to make sure that I'm not exalting the promise above the keeper. And that the gift and the desire to do music hasn't been lifted up and elevated above the giver. And I feel like that's what he did with Abraham, with Isaac. He's like, look, this is the child of promise. Now I want you to give him to me. But God, I don't understand. Like, yeah, I cultivated this thing. I spent late nights. I, I raised him up. I taught him everything I know. I loved, I love this son that you've given me. I love this promise. Well, lay it down then. And I'm not asking you to do anything that I'm not willing to do myself and that I will through Jesus. I love this story. And if you guys, uh, you can read it in, in Genesis 22. Uh, well, there's one part where they, they're on this journey to the, to the mountain where he's going to sacrifice Isaac. And he has some servants with him and they've got wood and and fire and rope, and he's got a knife. And he says, me and the boy are going to go up, and we're going to worship God. So he puts the wood on his son's back, and he carries it up the mountain, just like Jesus. same way that Jesus carried that wood up to that hill. And Abraham stands there in front of Isaac, who's tied up. In Hebrews 11, the faith chapter says that Abraham reasoned that God could raise the dead. God, this is the child of promise. This is the one who you said would be my legacy. You said the earth would be blessed through this child. And if you said it and I believed you and I know you don't lie, that the only thing that I could think is that I reason that you could raise the dead. 
And that word reason is count, that he counted the times, everything, that, the, the amount of conversations that he had with God when he told him to leave his father's house, when he saved him from Egypt, when he saved him from these different kings, right? When he told people that Sarah was his sister and he needed saving, right? All these times that God spoke to him and it came to pass and he said, I stand here now knowing that you have told me this child is promised to me. I count and reason that you can raise the dead. Now, I'm not telling you that I want you to give up on your dreams. I'm not telling you that I want you to uh, lay down your promises and, and just forsake them. What I'm saying to you is that if you lay down your promises and dreams in front of God, the next step is resurrection. The thing is that we need to make sure that our hearts are on the keeper and not the promise. And that is what I'm challenging you with, to live life on purpose with your eyes on him, knowing that these gifts come from the Father of lights, right? If you guys look in Psalm 37, if you guys got your Bibles, open up to Psalm 37. We're going to put it on the screen as well. Keep trusting. This is the Passion Translation. I'm going to read it in the NASB as well. Keep trusting in the Lord and do what is right in his eyes. Fix your heart on the promises of God and you will be secure. Feasting on his faithfulness. Make God the utmost delight and pleasures of your life. And he will provide for you what you desire the most. Give God the right to direct your life, and as you trust him, along the way, you'll find out he pulled it off perfectly. I want you to hang on verse 4. In, in, in the NASB, it says, delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. And I wonder if what he really means there is, if you delight in me, I will become the desire of your heart. That you will taste and see that the Lord is good and that the goodness of God will become the utmost desire of your heart. And sometimes the dreams that we think will actually satisfy us are actually Ishmael's. Self, trying to self-fulfill some kind of promise. And one of the ways that we find out which one is an Ishmael and which one is an Isaac as we lay him on the altar. And the one that is tested by fire, the fire of his love, right, is the one that remains. But that takes faith. God, I put my life into this thing. You want me to lay it down? What if it burns up? What if it's gone? You have me. So I really want to give you guys an opportunity to do just that. And I'm going to read this last scripture for you. And this is all about intimacy with God. Everything you do in your life will flow from intimacy.
in the Song of Solomon. Verse 9. It says, flowing gently. Um, it goes down smoothly for my beloved. Flowing gently through the lips of those who fall asleep. I am my beloved's and his desire is for me. Now this is the bridegroom. This is in the passion. This is the bridegroom, right? Jesus speaking to his bride. And who is the bride? We are. We're the body, right? Not you are the bride, but we are the bride. For your kisses of love are exhilarating more than any delight I've known before. Your kisses of love awaken even the lips of sleeping ones. Now here's this. That's Jesus speaking to us. We don't even feel delightful sometimes, if we're being honest, but he delights in you. You are his delight. Bible says that for the joy set before him, he would endure the cross. Why? Because he delights in you. He delights in us together. We're beautiful to him. Now I know that I am filled with my beloved and all his desires are fulfilled in me. This is just a beautiful image of what it looks like to be yielded to his presence, yielded to his spirit, yielded to his voice. And we have a better covenant now than Abraham did. We have a better relationship, a clearer voice, Holy Spirit living inside of us than he did. So I want to challenge you to come up here. I mean, you guys know the altar is outside. A lot of times we're taught that, all oh, the altar is on the, is on the fire of our heart. No, the, just like Jesus was sacrificed outside the gates, the altar is out here. Hebrews 13 talks about the sacrifices that are well-pleasing to God, the fruit of your lips, fellowship, charity, right? These are well-pleasing sacrifices. All those things are external. So I want you to come up and lay down your dreams. Lay down the promises before him. Take your eyes off those things. Let ambition go. Let goals and all these things that we, these uh, standards and restrictions that we place on ourselves. Let all those things go. And say, God, I, I place my eyes on the keeper. I take my eyes off the promise right now and I put them on the keeper. And I, God, I want to delight myself in you. And know that you are the one that gives me the desires of my heart. I can't self-produce these things. And you might find that one of your promises that you think is there is actually an Ishmael. And he's saying, you got to leave it right here, right now. And you might see that one of them is, is your Isaac. He's saying, I just want to know that your heart has me placed above it. For some of you, it may be owning a home that you love. Maybe it's that child that you've always wanted. Maybe it's the relationship, the husband or wife that you're praying for all the time. So the altars are open. Come up now. If that's you, come up. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart.
There's something about just realigning our hearts to make sure that it's pointed in the right direction. Make sure that our focus and our attention is, is placed on the right, the right one or right thing. And I feel like that's what's happening for us in this moment that he's setting up your heart for 2019. It's not that he's going to say, hey, uh, give up on these things, but I need to be number one. I, I'm your first love. 